Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I don't think I've ever heard us drop this one. This is a jam. I like the bartender. Oh, if you're looking for me, I'm at the bar. Oh, oh, uh uh-huh. Okay. T-Pain, Akon. 1019 FM, not Z100, not Power 105, not Hot 97. Your nighttime host, Keith McPherson, checking back in for the last hour of my five-hour show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for calling up. I'm not going to say too much more. We're just going to take these calls, and uh, that'll get us right till 12 a.m. Stay with us. Richard is in Manhattan, back on the fan. Hello, Richard. Hey, Keith. Keith, great Super Bowl. I don't think there was a loser. You know, usually I watch a football game, and 70 to 90% of the time, a team loses the game more than the other team wins the game. But Philly didn't lose that game. They just ran out of time. Sure. It was a great, entertaining game. I can't fault either team. I can't fault referees. I can't, especially can't fault the coaches. They were great, especially Andy Reid. Those plays that he called, they scored two touchdowns where they just about walked into the end zone. I mean, that was execution beyond, you know. The Andy Reid Bowl. He was prepared to beat his old team. Uh, Philadelphia loses, though. Just like they lost the World Series, they were ready to flip cars and climb poles and destroy things. And those drunk Philadelphia kids just were out in those streets uh, drinking their own tears. They, They definitely lost. But we won as far as fans watching a Super Bowl. I feel like it lived up to the hype. It was high scoring. People hit on their box pools and their prop bets and, uh, I think the commercials were good enough. I think the halftime show was good enough. All of the hype that led up to this, uh, I thought Arizona was a good host city. I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Except for the field, the uh, oh, footing yeah. in the oh, field. Yeah. That, that was The luck. fix was in. They had to slow down the, uh, you know, the Eagles fans will tell you they had to slow down that Eagles defense in that front, whatever. I think the NFL is bogus. And it's super bogus that in the biggest game of the year, you have a painted-on field that these super athletes – can't even get their footing on. It's kind of embarrassing for the NFL to have that as their playing surface, but whatever. We got the result that we wanted. The Chiefs win. If Mahomes doesn't play another game, is he in the Hall of Fame right now? He's going to play a bunch of games. But I'm saying right I know, now. But uh, if he doesn't, yeah, he's already goaded. If, if for so some like reason. he's like Sandy Koufax. <laughs> no, I, just, I don't know. He's 27 years old. He's had, he's had the best start. Of any quarterback, right? You know, he's gone to three Super Bowls. He's won two. He's got two MVPs in the Super Bowl. He's got, he just won MVP this year, right? It's been since 99 that the MVP winning quarterback went on to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I, he's a Hall of Famer and he's going to be, and that guy's a competitor. You saw that. He did this whole uh, playoff run on one leg, right? He got hurt in the first half against the Jaguars, won that game, uh, comes back on one leg, beats the Bengals, gives it two weeks re-aggravates his high ankle sprain in the game. We're thinking before half, oh, no, Pat goes goes down, this game's over. No, he champs it out to win it. He's my favorite player in the league. Uh, I've been on Patrick Mahomes coming into the league. I have a friend that I split a fantasy football team with, and he picked Aaron Rodgers that year, and I was telling him, we got to steal Patrick Mahomes. I'll never get over it. 
He's the best. He's the guy. If if uh, Jalen Hurts didn't drop that ball, this would have been the best Super Bowl performance by two quarterbacks at the same time. Yeah, if he didn't have that fumble, that was one tough. Pop, one was bad tough. play. One lousy bad. He was great too. Yeah, he's like a bull. He's like, he's the only he's the only quarterback that runs like a fullback. I mean, they all run like halfbacks. This guy runs he's like strong. a fullback. He's an ox. He 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 squats six hundred pounds. Yeah, strong and he runs hard. He reminds me of Eric Dickerson. Runs straight up like a locomotive. Locomotive. The, the Eagles. The Eagles picked him in the second round. They got a steal for him. Now they got to pay him. Let's see if they're willing to pay him fifty million a year. You know, Andy Reid, you got to say he's going to approach Belichick when all said and done. Really. He's already up there for me. He's already yeah. up there for me. I yeah, mean, I mean, if, if if Belichick is the Michael Jordan, you got to say Andy Reid is the LeBron James. Yeah, and I mean, I've been, I, I mean, however you want to phrase it, whatever you want to call it, yeah. I've been talking since LeBron broke the, the record that there has to be multiple GOATs. We, that's the thing. We can't compare eras. We can't compare one-on-one, who versus what. Everything is changing every year in all of these sports. There's multiple goats. LeBron is the greatest. Jordan is the greatest. Uh, you could put Belichick up there as the greatest. I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest NFL coaches we've ever seen. I banked on him. That's that's where I based my pick this year. I'm like, Andy Reid is still there. Patrick Mahomes is still there. I had a drop on WFAN that was running where I said, uh, for what my money's worth, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. Andy Reid has to coach them to victory. They don't have the better roster to just go out there and beat them. As far as LeBron, I'm disappointed that he didn't play last night and showed up to the Super Bowl. You know, so I don't know. I thought he was a little more. Nah, I, LeBron, I, long live the king. Right now, LeBron is on his did, king anything tour. Anything he wants to do, that's it. He doesn't anything want he wants perception, to do. No? That's a bad look. Don't you agree, agree uh, Keith, that? The team is suffering. They need him every game. I can only dream of being as successful as LeBron James and getting to literally be your own boss and do whatever it is you want to do. But that's haunting it, though. No, Keith? I I mean, I don't know. LeBron is the king. They showed him on the big screen at the Super Bowl, and he put an imaginary crown on while people were booing him. He knows he is great, and we are all witnesses to his greatness. He doesn't have to play for the Lakers. As they're trying to compete and they got new players in the deadline, LeBron is on his... I am the king. I am the all-time NBA leading scorer world tour right now. You can find me at uh, the Super Bowl. You can find me having my own special party the night that we lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I was able to break the record. I am LeBron. I am the king. Long live him. Thanks for the call, Richard. You got to keep the line moving out here. Tom is on Staten Island. You got it, Tom. You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing, man? It's been a minute since I talked to you. I'm good. Thanks for calling back in. Yeah, man, I'm just jumping in on the uh, the baseball talk, and I just wanted to get your perspective that I, I think the, the rules change is pretty much all it does is alienate the hardcore old-school fans. And I, I think it, it misses the point to get younger viewers that I, I think baseball is going to have to change culturally more than, than rules in a, in a sense that it's going to have to evolve that, you know, in, in today's environment, I, I have a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old that could care less, you know, about baseball. That I think the old-school days of putting your head down and running and all the old-school rules have kind of have to be retired. And they're going to have to get with the times. And you're going to have to let the batters pimp home runs. You're going to have to let the pitchers uh, have a dance, come off the field, that they're going to have those short hits on social media. I mean, I would also, and I know 
I'm about 10 years older than you, Keith, so I came in a little late on the social media thing. And I know you, you're very successful with it, but I, I think you're going to have to touch base with guys like, uh, you know, Ninja, um, you know, PewDiePie, Mr. Beast. How do, they, how do they get eyes on these younger kids that could bring them in? Now, I think like the shorter hits when, when you know, they're, you know, when they're actually being themselves, being flamboyant, that they can use quick hits on social media to bring the younger kids into the game. I, I th- and, and I love the old school baseball, but I believe I'm a dying breed. I think you're a dying breed when you look at it the old way. It's not working. And we're going to become more like hockey where it's going to be a very small fan base and it's not going to expand, in in my my opinion. I just wanted to see how you felt about that. Man, Tom, I could talk about this for the rest of the show. I feel like I've kind of majored in it uh, from my experience. Uh, I'll, I'll take it from here. Thank you for the call. Uh, you, you guys hear me talk about the fan cave all the time. I, I, I don't get to WFAN, in my opinion, without the fan cave. That was the first real thing for me that took me out of Ocean Township, New Jersey, and uh, after college, gave me a legit gig in New York City. I made the most money I had ever made at the time, living and working in the fan cave. Uh, I mean, I had my own apartment in Soho, but that apartment I wasn't paying for. I remember looking that up. That apartment was a $4,500 apartment. Major League Baseball invested in the fan cave as a digital hub for content creators, young people like myself who love baseball and could communicate it to the younger audience. They felt like they were losing the younger audience, and they were due to their own mistakes. Remember when you couldn't clip highlights from Major League Baseball and put them on the internet, right? Major League Baseball and BAM, they had this bright idea that they were going to hoard all of their content on social media. So the guys at Barstool couldn't take it and run with it. Where if you did try and gif something, like make a gif or make a video, like they were flagging it and they were getting your, your stuff removed or getting your content banned or your account blocked. That was a short-sighted view of where everything was going because the NFL, NBA, they didn't do that. They let content creators cover the game. They let them take their clips, whatever. You're not going to make a million dollars off of it, right? Look at John Boy. I work with John Boy. John Boy comes into baseball, and he gives Major League Baseball this whole lane of his breakdown voiceovers. But it's his. Right, He came in taking their content. Okay, I see there's a brawl. I see there's an ejection. I see there's a hit-by-pitch, a moment where the gameplay breaks. I'm going to clip this up. I'm going to narrate it, and I'm going to feed it to an audience that doesn't exactly know all of the characters and players, but I'm going to bring it to life for the diehard fans and the casual fans. John Boy made a killing, and he still is, and he's going to again when the season starts off of his breakdowns. Major League Baseball, they, they've missed, uh, and I think it's because they've had uh, some old heads making decisions and not enough young energy and young talent. I feel like I majored in this. I was in the fan cave, and then years after the fan cave, I interviewed at MLB for a job to do social media. It was a social media coordinator job where I would be helping the players, right? That's where they need social media, and they've gotten better. But this is back in 2018, I believe, when I was struggling in the corporate world trying to find my way. I thought that some of my connections and ties at MLB Network would put me in there. I was actually the first person they interviewed, and it was for a position where you would help, all right, after the game, um, you know, you would help the players write captions and come up with pictures and videos and things to help build out their social media. And this is before, like, TikTok really blew up. Um, I interviewed for that job. I didn't get the job. 
and that was honestly one of the straws that broke the camel's back where I'm like, all right, I can't keep interviewing for these behind the scenes social media jobs. I need to just use social media to put myself out there and see if this takes. And it did. And so my main thing was, all right, I go to games. I'm going to start vlogging my experience. All right, I'm getting on the train. All right, boom, we're at Yankee Stadium. All right, we're going to hit Billy's. We're going to hit this spot. Yo, we're going to link up with this person. All right, we're going into the game. And showing people how fun it was to go watch a baseball game, specifically the Yankees or whatever. And there were other guys doing that too. There's a ton of Yankees content creators. We all kind of rose up. And uh, now with all these rule changes and whatnot, you know, I think that these kids want to see baseball the same way that they see basketball and football. And it's a different kind of game, obviously. But, you know, I just I, I talked tonight about how these players are all trolling and roasting each other on the Internet. And I can't keep up with it. But that keeps people talking about the Super Bowl and the players and the NFL. And it's just part of the game now. And uh, I don't know, Major League Baseball, speaking of me majoring in it, like, Last year, we started the show Off Base, which was supposed to be a show that isn't like MLB Now, isn't like MLB Tonight, where you get into the weeds and you're really talking numbers and you're really talking approach and mechanics and strategy. It's supposed to be more of a show for the younger audience that cares about what are these guys wearing to the ballpark? What music do these guys listen to? What are they posting on their Instagrams? What are their personalities like? So I got to be on Off Base last year. I'll be on it again this year. And, you know, those type of things need to be done to get the audience to be a little bit younger and to expand and bring in other things. Um, Tom mentioned, you know, they need to uh, expand culturally, and they are. The World Baseball Classic is going to be a good look for Major League Baseball and highlighting these different players from the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Colombia, uh, wherever they might be from, and obviously the Americans. Um, I, I want to see more of an emphasis on the young African-American players. I did a paper years ago on how Major League Baseball's representation was dropping. Like, where are the black heroes? Where are the Willie Mazes and the Hank Aarons? You know, even going further into, like, Joe Morgan, and then you get into Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. I'm like, who are those guys today? Where are those black superstars in Major League Baseball today? I mean, I don't have enough time to really have this conversation with you guys, but... Uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll have a, a podcast or something to go in to length about it. But I love baseball. I'm a young black guy that, you know, growing up, they, they told you, oh, only white boys like baseball, but I love the game. I fell in love with baseball, the game of baseball before football. I ended up taking the football and that's what got me into college or whatever. But, you know, when I was little, I was little, like I was in tears in second, third grade because I wasn't big enough to play football, but I was able to go play fall baseball after playing spring, summer baseball, and I just kept with it. And, I, you know, I, I'm glad I never listened to people like, oh, that's for white boys. Oh, I can't believe you watch baseball because, like, look what it helped me do in my career. It was a passion. I, I pursued it. And uh, I'll, I'll forever be on the make baseball cool again or show baseball, like, in a different light because I, I enjoy it. And uh, I think I am a good ambassador for uh, the younger fan, and I'm a good ambassador just to get younger fans into the culture and watching baseball. And I, I think I understand it regionally, uh, locally, and can talk about it on a, a broader scale. And and we will, like, through the whole season. Um, I'm excited to be back on off base. I wish the fan cave kept going years after. Manfred decided that it wasn't worth the money they were paying us, I guess. Uh, and they didn't want to bring in new kids every year, but... 
they've grown the game a ton. A lot of the ideas that, you know, myself and my fellow cave dwellers, as they called us, a lot of the ideas we had in 2014 ended up coming to life later on, right? Like the City Connect jerseys. Every team should have multiple alternate jerseys. And I understand tradition, right? Especially here in New York. You want to see the Yankees wear their pinstripes at home and their road grays. But come on, let's get a let's get an alternate jersey in there. It's not going to hurt. They're already putting the Nike swoosh over the pinstripes. You you have teams in Major League Baseball now putting patches on their jerseys, advertisement patches like like brand logos similar to the NBA. And obviously, soccer's been doing that for years. It, it's all changing. It's all evolving. Uh, let's get back to the phones before I have to take another break. Sean is down in Tin Falls. That's where I'm from, that area, Ocean Township, not Monmouth Regional. What's up, Sean? My, 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 son, my son went to Monmouth Regional. He wrestled there. He was a hey. pretty good wrestler. So, all right, come on. Come out Hello. Out. Yo. <laughs> Shout Yo. out to them. My parents My parents went to Monmouth Regional. My mom and dad graduated from that high school. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, a, it's not, the, it's not the greatest school, so. It went downhill. It went downhill. <laughs> it used to be anyway, Wait, wait, I don't know if it was ever better, but I'm, I'm a, I went to I went to Jackson, so and now there's yeah. two Jacksons. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we got we have a Liberty and Memorial. So anyway, with uh, baseball, I love what you do with baseball and how you deliver it to the younger guys, and and listening to you and your producer go at it every night is uh, is pretty entertaining. I always listen to you guys while I'm I'm picking my boy up from work. The um, I, you know, as far as these rule changes, um. You know what? If it's going to speed up the game and keep and and keep people interested and keep kids coming to the ballpark, I mean, I'm an older guy. I love, you know, I love the game the way it is. I don't think you'd really need to tinker it, but I know it can be just tedious to watch for for this younger generation because it's just it's a slow game to begin with, and they don't they don't understand like you and I do, Keith, that there's the game within the game. Yeah, we got to teach you know, that. I, Yep, we got to yeah, teach. We got to teach what to watch for, what to look for, yeah. and and you know what? A lot yeah. of it is research. A lot of it is just built-in knowledge, like from watching baseball. You know what to look for in a in a pitcher. You know what to look for in yeah. a batter. You know what to look for in how the defense lines up. How many guys are on base? Like that type of stuff makes the game more interesting because it's you're you're trying to figure out what's going to happen next, right? There's only so many outcomes. There's only so many things that could happen, and your mind is Absolutely. racing. Uh, on every pitch, on a, you know, on a full count. Uh, as as somebody who played at a collegiate level, I know you played football. Like you, you watch football completely different than anyone else does because you you were out on the field. You know the you know the position. You know where everybody's supposed to be. You can look through a cover two defense. Mm-hmm. You can look when there's four in the box, or you got a guy coming up, or when when you can switch out of a play. I was an umpire for over 25 years. I watched the game differently. I watch it differently. It's there, and and that's I think that's something that that you do you, you do every night for these younger kids. And I and like I hear the young Josh call, and I hear the other younger kids call, and you you explain it to them. You're yeah, very good. And at I'll continue to. I uh, hope I can do more this season and on, on MLB Network on my show and on social media. There's always little things that I want to like go deeper into that I think will help people, uh, you know, love the game and enjoy the game. And like you said, you're an umpire, so you got to see, uh, you know, baseball from behind the plate. Like, it, it gives yeah. you a different vantage point. Yeah, it definitely it definitely does. I, I watch the game completely different than, than, say, my father 
or yourself, I look at it and, you know. There's I things say, you're okay, picking up on that the average person's eye, they, they don't see. They don't, they don't see. They don't see. And, and that is when, I think that's when, you know, younger, when, when people that really, when they open themselves up and they see that, that's when, it, that's when they realize, wow, this really is the best game going. It really, really is because there is something happening every pitch. Yeah. There is something oh, going yeah. on. Baseball is, uh, baseball is amazing. The business of baseball, yeah. all the different things going on in a baseball game, in a series, in a in a season, like it's so layered. And as you start peeling back layers, it becomes more and more intriguing. All right, I got to ask you one question. Are you afraid of my Guardians this year? The Cleveland Guardians? Are you are are you afraid of them this year because because now we're now we got some experience and we got the pitching. No, the Yankees are supposed to beat the Guardians 10 times out of 10 if we somehow magically meet in the same place in the ALDS. I would love that. You were sweating last year. Don't tell me you weren't. I, I was sweating. You. I was sweating. It should have taken five games. And with the rain delays and everything else, I'm like, oh, here we go. Hey, right, if we didn't have that rain out, I think I, I, I think we want to upset you guys. But I had to get that in. Thanks for entertaining me every night, Keith. You're welcome, Sean. Thank you for the call. Cleveland Guardians, I don't know. I think uh, Terry Francona and those boys over there got a, a good little squad, but I think they got a little bit of a ways to go. They should never be able to go toe-to-toe with your New York Yankees for obvious reasons. 877-337-6666. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yo, 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 ayo. Hey, Love this beat. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Not going to rap over it, though. Maybe on Friday. Freestyle Friday coming up, maybe. I have to put a note in my notes on top of my other, other notes. Relax and take notes. Keith McPherson on the fan. Uh, I've got 30 minutes. We'll probably break somewhere in the next 15 minutes, and then uh, we'll come back from that, and we'll put a bow on this one. Salicata's coming up next. Welcome back, Sal. Sal was on last night and on Sunday, and uh, Sal's got five hours tonight to hold it down. I'll be listening. There's no way I'm going to go to sleep until like 2 or 3 in the morning. It just is what it is. It is what it is. I've been doing this night shift now for a long time. Well, not that long, but like 14, 15 months. I'm, I'm adjusted. I just am up, man. I'm up at night, and then, uh, you know, luckily I, my, my wife tries to set it up where she's not waking me up and, and things are quiet at like 8, 9, 10, and then I'm usually up by like 10 or 11. 
All right, let's get back to the phones. You guys know what we're talking about. We're talking baseball now. We talked all around it. I think the last conversation was more about how baseball is changing the rules, and those rule changes aren't at all for the core fans that they know they can count on, that they know are going to be there. They, they, they don't do those things for us. They're doing those things to attract outside fans, casual fans, borderline fans, fans of other sports. They want to make baseball more attractive. I, I love baseball. It looks fine to me. It would look mighty fine if the Yankees figured out how to get back to a World Series. And maybe with these changes this year, that will actually happen. Michael is on Staten Island. Michael's on the fan as well. What's up, Mike? Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Good, good. I just wanted to call in and say, because uh, about, I would say like a half hour ago, you had mentioned how when you work for MTV and you only were about 30 minutes away from Yankee Stadium, how you were always there. Well, you know, I'm a diehard New York Mets fan. I'm actually a seven-line guy myself as well. And the reason I wanted to make this call is I have a little story I would just like to say. I went to David Wright's last game back in 2018, and I live in Staten Island, so as I was on the ferry just going into Manhattan, I took a good look at Manhattan, and it just, I had like a moment of clarity where I realized that same weekend with Jose Reyes last weekend as well, and like as a, a diehard Mets fan, I was actually born 1987, mom and dad, if you're listening, thank you very much for missing me one year, but anyways... It kind of it reminded me of that kid, that 19-year-old old kid from 2005 until about 2008, where I was I was in school in Manhattan. I went to TCI on 34th Street, of course, the street from Penn Station, a long time ago. And after class, I would just hop on the seven. I would I walked to 42nd, hop on the seven. Within like 25 minutes, I was at Shea. I was that kid, and I feel like I still am. I'm 38 years old, hungry for a championship, and I'm the same way. As you are, I I don't want to go get drunk in the parking lot and everything. I want to go there and focus on the game. Yeah, great call. Thanks for the call, Michael. And I obviously can relate. I don't take it for granted. Like, it never gets old. Walking in the Yankee Stadium never gets old. And I don't take it for granted that I have access. I don't take it for granted that I've been able to change my career path and give myself more access. But before that... You know, I was just happy to have a job in New York City. I grew up in Monmouth County, where from Monmouth County, it's like 90 minutes to get to Yankee Stadium. I think I've done it in like 70 speeding, but it's further away. And when I was younger, honestly, like I've said a ton of times on this radio, I was not going to the stadium. I was not going to the game. My mom was not bringing me there. I just brought my mom to her first Yankee game on this past Mother's Day. And then I brought her back again on Labor Day. And, you know, my dad wasn't around. My dad wasn't in the picture. But the first game that we went to when we reconnected, I think I was 23. So, like, I'd already passed the, like, boyhood of, like, you know, and I think that that was good for me. It made me a fiend. It made me obsessed with Yankee Stadium because I didn't have it as a kid. It was a TV show. It was just a nightly watch or, you know, a Saturday afternoon watch and watch Yes Network and John Sterling telling you about the history of the Yankees. And to me, it was like this big, glamorous thing. And then once I got inside, I got addicted, literally addicted to like going to more games and experiencing them. I'm dreading this season which games I'm going to miss. Like, I decided to stay home when Judge hit his 60th homer, and I'll never get over it. I had the option to go. 
and I was tired. <laughs> I'm not like I just I can't do that. I can't do that. There's so many people that watch the Yankees and I've been able to connect with them from all over the world, all over the country. They're trying to get to Yankee Stadium once. I don't take it for granted that I can go every homestand. Kevin is out in Queens on the fan. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling in. Salakot is coming up next. You're going to call him too, right? No, I can't. I'm sacrificing <laughs> that for tonight. <laughs> I got to choose one of them too. But, you know, Keith, you know, you, you brought me some memories, man, when you when you mentioned that name, King Griffey Jr., bro. Like, my God. Um, I'm going to be sure with my story. Like, you just said something like your father was on the picture when, like, when he wasn't, like, when he comes, like, going to um, games. My father was like that. He's a die-high Yankee fan, but he's not a type of guy that that he would just go all in, you know, and, and, and you know, watch a guy, a guy pitching a whole entire game. Me, in my case, I started, like, falling in love with baseball when I was, like, nine years old. So um, I saw this guy for the first time. He's a skinny guy, number 24, smashing balls in Seattle, a team that nobody even cared about. But, hello, that was Ken Griffin Jr., man, and... That's the reason why I became an outfielder. So at the age of 12 years old, I broke my shoulder in the Dominican Republic. Um, I took a little break on that. I came to America um, a couple of years later, later, like in 95. And I kept playing baseball and until I went to college. And, bro, I wanted to play San Jones so bad. But due to financial issues, like, my college couldn't, like, kind of, like, put the team together. Mm-hmm. But, um... Man, you write about that. Like, we need our Afro's heroes. Like, come on, man. Like, we need to see more Ken Griffins and, and, and Bob Jackson, all those guys that, that we grew up watching in the 90s. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, it's such a layered conversation. Thank you for the call, Kevin. It's, it's such a layered conversation, and I did research on it. There's so many different factors and things. And, uh, you know, Kevin was just speaking to uh, the fact that, you know, his dad was a fan, but not the type of fan that's going to bring his son to the game and sit there and watch a full game. I feel like the game of baseball, more than football and basketball, but obviously it is as well, but baseball is such a father-son dynamic, playing a ca- playing catch with your, your dad, um, field of dreams, and, like, the game being passed down. I meet so many Yankees fans that, like, they were born into Yankee fandom because... As soon as they could walk and talk, they were looking at their dad and their grandfather and their mom. They, they are Yankees fans. It was like a rite of passage, and it was passed down. So uh, I understand that like that is something that a lot of us didn't have. I didn't have that. I naturally was drawn to the game. I had a mother who signed me up for Little League Baseball, who drove me out to Little League Baseball camp to foster my dreams of being a baseball player and you know my love for the game, but... We didn't have the money to go to Yankee Stadium. And even now, right, we were talking the other night about, like, what are these guys talking about with the fans? The customer is always right, right? The fans are the customers. We're, we're not family. We're treated literally as customers, patrons, consumers. So whatever those fans are saying about how your season ended over the last 13 years, those guys are correct because those are the ones funding the whole program. Those are the ones that keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And we'll be back there March 30th. And then some of you are already headed down to spring training. And it's that time of the year again. And I can't wait to keep having these baseball conversations with em- with everyone. But, yeah, um, part of the reason that we don't have as many of those black heroes like a Ken Griffey Jr., who obviously was the son of 
Ken Griffey Sr., which further goes to my point of the game being passed down from father to son. We don't get Ken Griffey Jr. without Ken Griffey Sr. And I feel like there was a long time. There's so many things. I remember, you know, even with me, I played football. And playing football to me just seemed like a path to college because there was college football. You don't see college baseball on TV as much. So as a young black kid, if I'm good at baseball, football, and basketball, I'm thinking, how can I get a scholarship? Uh, I think I'm good at football. I, I just pursued that. But maybe if I had someone hitting me ground balls, hitting me fly balls, like my neighbor Eric, who ended up going to LIU and then transferring to West Virginia, and I got to go to West Virginia and kick it with him and the baseball players, and I always remember his dad, Danny, dragging him to the baseball field. He might want to hang out and, you know, kick it with the boys or go see a girl or go see a movie. No, we got to go put this work in. And the game is passed down that way. You know, it's it's literally part of it. And uh, I think, you know, some, uh, you know, some of us, some of the young black men growing up without the father present to pass the game down, like we can't act like the Negro Leagues didn't exist. And like, I know for a fact, like my uncle Tim is over 80 he passed down his old baseball cards and books and stuff. Black people loved baseball, but things changed over time where basketball, football, the NFL, the NBA, it just became more attractive. If we had some of these athletes that you see in the Super Bowl or that you're seeing playing basketball right now, if some of those guys decided to pick up a bat, put a helmet on, and pick up a glove, baseball would be even more entertaining, and that would help drive interest. And in anything, you need... Uh, representation. If anything is going to be successful, it can't just be one race or you know one kind of people. It has to be everyone. I remember Mookie Betts, who is our current like you know when I think of black baseball players, who the best b- black baseball players are. I think of Mookie, and Mookie wore a shirt this All Star game that just passed in L A. And he, the shirt said, "We need more black people at the ballpark." Simple and plain, and it went viral, and people talked about it. But he's just saying, "Hey, out there in L A. and I love L A." I love L.A. Shout out to the Dodgers and their fans. I've been to Dodger Stadium probably like six or seven times. It's always turned up. But they're out there. I'm out there with my Cholos. The Godoyas. Like, the Hispanic representation out there is amazing. But there's just not as much black people in L.A. pulling up to see the Dodgers play baseball. That, that could change, though. Well, Jimmy, Jersey City, back on the fan. What's up, Jim? Yo, Keith, I might turn out I got to keep telling you, bro. I'm the rap master. Nobody raps faster. I got more rhymes than a piece of paper has lines. I might be black. I might be white. But Keith and when you come to see my show, I'll be dynamite. Remember that, Keith. Bam, 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 bam. Flex, drop hey, a bomb hey. on him. Hey, question. I got to check you. <laughs> I got I to gotta check you a little bit. Listen, I'm 59. I'll be 59 March 3rd. My mom raised six little white kids by herself. My dad left me when I was five. I lived in Florida. My brother played sports down there. If I was a big sports guy, if I would have lived down there, I would have been awesome. I'm a sports guy. I mean, I still am. But my mom raised six kids by herself. We were poor kids. We didn't have much food to eat when I was little. I could tell you stories about going to school with holes in my sneakers, things like that. But my mother, somehow, some way, she worked in a, she was a, a, a waitress at night. She got us, to, she took us to Yankee Stadium at least once a month. We sat in the bleachers. My mother did this once. God bless a her. Month. Every, every year we went to see Yankee game. Another thing is, kids are only going to play sports if their parents turn them on. So I got three children. My children know every sport there is. My daughter, who's 20 years old, is a junior at Rutgers on the Dean's list every year. 
she controls a free a football party further than you, Keith, at 20 years old. Hey, hold on, so hold on now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take you seriously. I hope you get to meet her one day. People rave about it. Uh, you're only going to know and learn what your parents put you on to. Like I said, that's what my kids, my daughter, they all know the baseball rules, football rules, basketball rules. Sal Akata has a daughter, right? That's up to Sal Akata when, when she gets big enough. She wants to know all those sports. Sal got to do that. I don't want to hear you have to have a little boy to play sports. No, 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 no. I had one boy and two girls. Both my girls and my son, they all know how to play every sport. The top three sports that there are because I put that time in. The parent has to do it. The kid, you can't say, uh, oh, there's not enough. Listen, like baseball, not enough blacks, football and basketball, same thing, not enough whites. That's just the way it is. I mean, baseball, Keith, is the hardest sport to play. That's why the blacks deter the, because they don't, they think baseball is harder. Because Keith McPherson, you can catch a football, you can shoot a basketball, but if I throw a 95 mile an hour curveball at you, you're not going to hit that. So you say, huh, this ball is too hard for me to play. I'm going to play basketball. It's easy to shoot a basketball, dunk a basketball, uh, and catch a football, right or wrong. I got to – I mean, Jimmy's still with us. He's on hold, but I got to jump in there. I played everything. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do whether you're 8 or whether you're 28. But it comes down to resources as well. When we're talking about a game like football, all I need is a Nerf football and – Speaking of me, like I used to go outside with just a football and throw the football into a bush. Go get it. I, I just need one other person to play catch with. I can run routes, and this guy can throw to me. It's easier to set that up. Basketball, I remember having a glove, a ball, and being at my grandma's house in Jacksonville, and I would just throw the ball against the wall and field the ground ball. Or I'd take the bat, and I'd, I'd hit the ball, and then I'd go get it and go back and forth. That gets that's, – that's hard to do after a while. But my cousins would come down, a pack of them from – uh, my Aunt Liz's house, and they'd be like, hey, white boy, stop throwing that baseball against the wall. We're about to go hoop. Come play basketball. And now we've got five to go to the court and run and play basketball for hours. Baseball, you need bodies. You need someone that can pitch, someone that can catch, someone that can hit, someone that can play the field. And also, it's a little bit more expensive to buy bats and balls and cleats and all that other stuff. Let's bring Jimmy back in. I'm not saying Jimmy's wrong. I just had to interject right there. Jimmy, you there? Chief, remember, stickball is the same form of baseball. Hand-eye coordination. You don't need five, six plays to play stickball. One-on-one, that's all you need. Me and my brothers, we played that for years. Whiffle ball. You don't need five, six guys. So that's just, I'm going to check you in there. You don't need six, seven guys to play baseball. You can play stickball against the wall. Uh, whiffle ball, same thing. We grew up doing that. All kids, I grew up with black, uh, white neighborhood, Jersey City. We all played baseball, football, and basketball. All of us. So I don't want to hear kids, uh, I don't care if you had single parents or not. My mother was a single parent. She made sure we got to play the sports we wanted to. We watched, we didn't get to go to all the games, but we got to get to Yankee Stadium once a month, Keith, and we were poor. But again, today's world, I don't know if you're going to have kids or not, but it's up to the parents and the parents only the direction of where your kids are going to go. I don't want to hear, oh, my son didn't want to play. No, you got to point your kids and lean them into that baseball direction, football direction, basketball direction. Take them to the game. We go to, we go, my family, kid, we go to every baseball, we're not every, I mean, we go to every sport game. We go to net games. We go to, we just came back Christmas from the Dolphin game down in Miami. We go to Yankee games during the year. It's up to the parent, kids. I don't want to hear people say, uh, my, 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 I didn't have a dad, I didn't have a mom. That, 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 I don't want those are excuses. I, Thanks for the call, Jimmy. That's your perspective and your experience. We all have different perspectives and different experiences. I can only share my own and speak for myself. And when I'm speaking on the fact that there are less African-American males that are taking to baseball, which I've actually looked into it, I'm saying there's just one lane of that being the cause, right? 
There's a bunch of other things, right? I talked about college. If you can get a college scholarship to play college football and be on TV every Saturday, you're more inclined to do that than go play baseball somewhere where you're not seen. It's just like there, there's so many different factors, so many things. Representation matters. You need to see these guys to believe them. You heard me earlier talk about how I thought Bernie Williams was a black guy until I got to like middle school and could read about him and research him and figure out he's Puerto Rican. It's different for everybody. Uh, if you're if you were poor and your mother was a baseball fan and she put you in the stadium, good for you. That wasn't my experience. Like I said, I can only speak for myself. I brought my mom there. And for every, you know, Jimmy, there's also a Keith. And for every Keith, there's somebody different, right? Everybody's perspective is different. Um, I'm not trying to lump everybody into one thing. You can't. But I'm just saying there are reasons why some of these things are the way they are, and we can kind of draw lines and connect the dots to uh, why things kind of go on the way that they do. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Ah, man, that's it. And, uh... Matt, Jerry, Carter, that are all on hold. Thanks for calling in, but it wouldn't be right to take your call. I don't have any time left, and we can't really have the full-out conversations that we want to have. You know, people are calling about baseball, representation in baseball, family in baseball, and some of the things we were talking about. You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, after Jimmy signed off, and Jimmy's great. Jimmy comes in with, with his takes and his thoughts, and I don't mind anybody doing that. We all should have a conversation, but, you know, uh, we can't try and apply our experience to anyone else's. And when I think about, you know, like work that I've done, right, Harlem RBI. I I remember going with Harlem RBI to some fields and then going, I think, to a tournament on Randall's Island Park to try and get kids in the city more involved in baseball. You know, on top of, uh, you know, you can play stickball like Jimmy suggested, but on top of having the bats and the balls and the gloves, like you need a field. You need a well-kept field. How many well-kept baseball fields are there in the hood? There's not. But there's more hoops. You can find hoops. There's open fields. You can throw a football. It's just, uh, you know, it's such a layered conversation. But we'll be able to have more of these conversations. I think I have two more five-hour shows this week. And like I said, if everything lines up the way I see it lining up next week with no NBA on until Friday, I may have a five-hour show Monday through Thursday. I'll put a pin in this conversation and we'll return to it i appreciate everybody calling up and uh hitting me up on instagram on twitter online i appreciate all the support all the calls and all the comments thanks for listening to my show for five minutes or five hours salicot is coming up next he will keep the conversation going on all new york sports and beyond keep mcpherson on the fan that's all i've got for tonight thank you again i'm out of here see you soon Sports Radio 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.